Because I can control the weather, they call me Storm. Welcome to This Week in Nerd News, your one-stop shop for all the pop calls you may have missed this week. Brought to you by the Black Nerd Problems Broadcasting Network. I'm your host, Keith Reed Cleveland. And I'm your host, Victoria Bertine. Hey, how's it going out there, folks? You know it's been a while, but life out there tends to happen and everything. But we're back, and we're here to give you all of the news updates because this has been a very busy and overwhelming week, and we're here to try and help you par through some of that. But first off, Victoria, how you been? I've been hanging in there. It's, you know, I talk about with this with Mikkel, like every time that I record with him about the timey-wimeyness, but we're halfway through November. It's almost December. Um, And that just feels really strange. But when I look at all of the content we have this week, I'm starting to get that, oh, we're, we're preparing for holidays. This is what's happening. We want you to know all of the things so that you can plan your next month to two months to three months of purchases based on what we're going to put out. I was about to say, you're just now getting ready? Because, like, I've been preparing since, like, the day after Halloween. It was just you better are, for me normally. That's true. You, But you are a winter holiday person. This is true. This is what I lean into. Because, like, this is an improvement. Because, like, normally I would like, skip Halloween entirely, just start getting ready for Christmas, like, in early to mid-October. But this year I was actually part of, like, a group outfit where we did Pokemon and Ooh. I was Brock, which me, which really just means I got an orange shirt and green vest. But still, like, I fit the group thing, good. right? So, like. Yeah. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. So, yeah. But with that, though, we have a lot of news to dive into. We just want to catch you all up on how our lives have been going and everything. Hope you all have been taking care of yourselves out there. But to start us off and dive right in, we have some news on live action anime adaptations. Netflix executives must really think they struck gold when they lean into the anime community, which, sure, they definitely played a role in making it even more accessible and exposing it to many more fans, along with some other streamers. Credit goes where it's due. But with the latest announcements of their anime-based projects, they're going above and beyond to try to capitalize on that. For example, I'm sitting here cautiously optimistic along with a lot of you who wait to see if the live-action adaptation of Cowboy Bebop will be any good. Everything we've seen so far definitely seems to suggest that it will be, going all the way back to the casting news and as recently as the latest trailer. But this week we found out Netflix is doing even more by looking to release an adaptation of Yu Yu Hakusho, my all-time favorite anime, in December 2023. And on top of that, we got to see who they cast as the Straw Hat Pirates of One Piece fame, and we got to see concept art for a Gundam adaptation. Now look, if they've cracked the code somehow and are able to give us some of the first good anime adaptations that we've seen consistently, I'm all on board. But only time will tell about that. Yeah, I am I'm in that cautiously optimistic place. And I think part of the reason is because Netflix has shown some passion and staying power in the anime space, by which I mean the first Netflix original animes were just trash. They were just, they were so, like, laughably bad. But you can tell that someone, someone fairly high up in Netflix is an anime fan because they stuck with it. And not only did they stick with it, but they started making the changes that they needed for their Netflix originals to actually be good anime. So they're hiring people who already work in this space. They're recruiting new folks who really have a passion for anime 
as it is rather than like, well, I'm good at this other thing, so I could probably try to do anime. So I think that that shows that, again, someplace in Netflix land, there really is a love for anime. And so I could, I could see a future where there is a plus 50% of these shows being good. Um, I am excited for Cowboy Bebop. So Cowboy Bebop is one of my all-time favorite animes. Um, I am still very concerned that we haven't seen Ed um, and what that means story-wise. But that's okay. We'll see what happens. Um, I... I am more concerned about things like One Piece because things like Bebop and even Gundam there's some sci-fi stuff but there isn't a ton of just like we're defying the laws of physics stuff necessarily that's all One Piece is (laughs) it's just like physics don't apply and I think those are a little bit harder to adapt to live action because you have to have a lot of CGI or are you going to do, you know, actual in-person effects and and how are you going to marry those together? So yeah, I think some of these will work better than others, but I, I do, I do have a soft spot in my heart for Netflix in their somewhat foolhardy pursuit of anime in general. I agree on a lot of that. And when you were talking, you reminded me of something that I think I blacked out of my memory banks to make me <laughs> repress memory. I just remembered that Netflix made the Death Note adaptation uh-huh. movie a few years ago. That was horrible. Like, I even wrote a review for the Daily Dot explaining just how horrible it is. And, like, and also, like, and I've also gotten a bit, like, nicer since then and stuff. But, like, even with that being the case, I'm more lenient than most fans are with adaptations because I don't think the adaptation has to be, or nor should it be, like step by step the same as the original source material because that can be boring for like old fans as much as it's fun to see like people like live action doing stuff same story it's really not as much fun right but like even with that being the case we have seen so many bad anime adaptations out here and i don't want to be hyperbolic or exaggerate like there have been good ones for sure but like (laughs) because like also like a blind squirrel finds an acorn every once in a while. And I said that because I don't know if I can say the actual phrase on this podcast without being edited. But, like, eventually you're going to have some good ones. But there are so many bad ones. And I think a benefit to Netflix doing these, potentially, is that it's all happening at one place so they can learn from their potential mistakes and, like, apply those. Versus in the past, when we get these random anime adaptations over time coming from different studios that aren't learning from each other because they're trying to compete with each other and just have all the humor going on and stuff, I feel like we may be able to avoid some of those main pitfalls. And to the point you were speaking about One Piece, now the second one after this as well, the first one, like, in all these anime adaptations too, actually, like, I think the translation is definitely a point of, that's where the caution comes from, the cautious optimism. The optimism comes from the actual source material being good in and of itself. And we're cautious because not everything is necessarily meant to be adapted. It's like real people doing these things, CGI included or not. Because like you said earlier, these things defy physics. And sometimes it's really hard to even conceive of that or even just to find ways to do that in a way that can be viewed in a live action medium, right? So that could be interesting. And that reminds me a lot of how when Brian K. Vaughn and Fiona Staples first started coming out with Saga, which will be coming back in a couple months, and I'm so happy about that, but I digress. 
that they intentionally wrote the comic so that it could not be adapted and it could be something that primarily stays in the comic book medium. And if that sounds familiar, that's actually a take that I got from my own editor, Jordan Calhoun, who recently started authoring his own newsletter for The Atlantic. And his first, first issue of this newsletter came out talking about how dope Soggy is and why you should read it. But like that just kind of struck a chord there for me and made a lot of sense. And lastly, with the whole One Piece thing, because people on the internet do what they do, when they announce the cast for this crew, and all of them seem to be like around teenage years and stuff, so like the age of the actual crew, despite the fact that we don't view them that way, like they actually cast a black character, a black actor to play Usopp. And a lot of people say Usopp's not black, and I'm like, wait, what? Like, first of all, like canonically, he is. Like, that's just kind of a fact. And also, like, there's this bad thing going on where people just assume that every anime character, unless blatantly otherwise, is a white person, which I'm like, mm -hmm. That's just, first of all, it's Japanese products. So if anything, they're probably all of Asian descent. But still, mm -hmm. that's beside the point. But with that, to come back and everything, Eiichiro Oda, the creator of One Piece, working on this book for like almost 30 years now, is apparently deeply involved in the casting process, came out with a statement to say so, and to say that he's been part of countless conversations about the casting and why they're doing what they're doing as far as who they get for the different roles and all that stuff. So that's another sign of optimism. So yeah, still culturally optimistic but I'm hoping for the best ultimately with all three of these products like I'm not the biggest Gundam fan but I'll still watch it of course and I'm definitely looking forward to seeing what we get from Yu Hakusho I'm going to try to like separate my Supreme Fan <laughs> series from this because that will make it hard to enjoy it I'm just going to enjoy it for what it is definitely so I have a pitch for you All right, hit me. this is not an adaptation this is a brand new anime doesn't matter what it's about but this is based off of the earlier oh i feel like it's again wibbly wobbly timey wimey i feel like it was probably a couple of years ago now but when we got the coach x michael b jordan drop i feel like there oh. should be an anime that is just michael b jordan playing all of the characters just all of them <laughs> Okay, so I actually have mixed feelings about Michael B. Jordan's acting ability, and I feel like playing all the characters is not something he can do well. But please, get him in all the anime stuff he's a fan of, and I appreciate that. That's and also, part we can talk about it, how much. Oh, that's all oh, you want that? That's what you're yeah. looking for? Yeah, especially if it's a Netflix anime, right? Like, it just fits. <laughs> actually, yeah. Because, like, I will say, they wasted the heck out of Lakeith Stanfield's talent when they did oh, that yeah. Death adaptation. I'm like, that was, and the world didn't know who he was yet at that point. That could have been his whole coming out party and stuff. But like, hey, they missed the point. They missed the boat. It happens, <laughs> it happens. But like, I sign off on that one. And just as one last point on this, that Naruto coach combination Michael B. Jordan Model 4 was ridiculously expensive. So like, I actually expensive. loved some of that stuff and I was like, oh, I want to get that. Then yeah. like, they were prices that in my wildest dreams I wouldn't have imagined oh, yeah. them being. So I'm like, who's the audience here? Michael B. Jordan and no one else? Yeah, it was like, it wasn't like, oh, the fancy store at the mall that we only go in once a year. It was like, this is the fancy store at the mall. We're not allowed to know where it exists. Right, it's not even in a mall. Like It's like oh, downtown yeah. somewhere, like down a gangway and everything. Like, there were commas yeah. in the prices, people. Oh, yeah, it was, it was a lot. Oh, but hey, I'll never get any of that stuff, so it's all good. I'll just sit there and cry. Not Maybe like we'll get a run of like knockoffs, like we had, you know, like fake Gucci back in the day, you know, just like street style knockoffs. 
And you know what? Nobody would know because like one of the dopest feelings when an anime stuff out in the world and people recognize and you're saying something about it. But we've been on this for a while, haven't we? <laughs> That's okay. See, this is why we had an anime episode and we've gone a whole year without having another anime episode and that was a mistake. We should yes, always have an anime episode. See, what, what a way for us to come back, right? Just going deep into anime, the things people come to us for. <laughs> All right, well, I'll switch it up. I'll switch it up. Um, so this is, and I was telling Keith before we recorded, this is kind of my vibe lately. It's just like, everything feels slightly weird. And then I have a little bit of like a tipping point on the scale of like, this feels bad weird. And this feels good weird. So I have, I will present to you two weird things. One of which I'm hopeful for. The other one I am not so hopeful for. You can decide which you think is which, and then we can discuss. So, the two weird things that are occurring. There is a full-length comedy horror movie called Studio 666, which is being produced and starred in by the Foo Fighters. All of them, all six of them, from... Open Road Studios. It's got some other folks in it, including Jenny Ortega, who is going to be the titular character in Wednesday. Super excited for that. Will Forte and some other folks. So it's not just the Foo Fighters, but that's a thing that's happening. And and the way that they were talking about it was like, we've done really crazy music videos. So of course the next natural progression would be a full-length comedy horror film. I'm not sure that I was on the same logic train there, but that is how it was presented. So so that's Exhibit A, okay? Exhibit B, also, I guess, kind of in the comedy horror realm, but for children, is that Monster High is getting a live-action adaptation. Speaking of live-action adaptation, now if you don't know what Monster High is because you are not around small humans, Monster High is kind of like Ever After High and Descendants where this is like high school for all of the kids of classic monsters in this case. So Ever After High is like all of the classic fairy tale folks. And then they did another version that was Monster High that is like the daughter of the werewolf. And I don't remember who everybody is, but like there's someone who's the kid of the mummy and there's someone who's the kid of Dracula and all of these different things. I think there's one called Nessie who is the daughter of the Loch Ness Monster. Don't think too much into it. They're the, do- the, the kids of monsters, and they go to high school, and they have high school drama and hijinks with a little bit of magic and spooky supernatural mixed in. There's going to be a live-action adaptation of that, because why not? So those are the two weird things. How do you, how do you think I feel about them, Keith? Okay, so before I knew what the second thing was, I couldn't quite tell where the first one landed for you. <laughs> But, like, the second one seems to honestly, like, make sense, ultimately. Like, 
when you were just describing the movie and what it was, I thought about like three or four different products that like, or by products I mean like TV shows or movies or whatever that like fit that mold with a slight twist. Like Clone High was like high school, but it was like historical figures or like um, whatever that superhero high school movie is. I'm drawing a blank right now. Like that was one with superheroes. Like stuff like that, that does work formulaically, of course. So like I'm not as cautious of that. Now with this first one and the Foo Fight, like, I also was not on that logic train. I'm like, hey, we made music videos. Let's graduate all the way to making a comedy horror film. That seems like not even a leap. Like, this seems like a Hulk jump away from where they were originally. So my guess is that you are hopeful for the second one and not as hopeful for the former. Switched. Switched. What? Yes. Yes. Okay, maybe I'm projecting a bit. <laughs> more hopeful for the food. So here is the reason that I am more hopeful for the Food Fighters one. It is because I think that they actually 100% know who they are and know who their audience is. And they're not aiming for necessarily a good movie by like Hollywood standards. They're aiming for a cult classic. Right? Like that is the goal. The goal is like Ash and the Evil Dead like we're starting off aiming for B-movie, cult classic. And I think that the other folks they have cast kind of speak to that as well. So I'm I'm holding out hope for that as what it is. Um I'm I'm a little bit less hopeful about a live action adaptation of Monster High for many reasons, one of which is that, again, this is, you know, which we know from series like The Toys That Made Us, but this is being headlined by Mattel, the Barbie company, um, because that's what this started off as a book series. Maybe it didn't. Maybe it started off as toys and then became a book series. I don't know. But it's all about the toys and the dolls. And they are made very much like the Bratz dolls proportion wise, where everything is like stick figure and then giant head. And I just feel like this is going to go into some like weird, pretty little liars, things that kids shouldn't be looking up to. Like we just shouldn't have like the beauty standards and we shouldn't have the cattiness and like, it's going to go away from the, like every book has a moral to it when it's live action, because that's not how live human beings work, but I'm being extra jaded. Anyway, those are my thoughts. I mean, there's a reason to be extra jaded. And I wouldn't even say you're being extra jaded. You're being like adequately jaded. Here. Um, <laughs> you actually jaded. may have convinced me to like, I need with that. Adequately jaded, yes. At blacknerveproblems.store.com. Please don't actually go. It's not a real thing. If you find something, we're not going to get the money. But, um, but like, I think you're being adequately jaded with this whole thing. Because, but you also did raise valid points that made me like, I'm not fully swayed, but I'm reconsidering my position only because I think I was looking at it from the standpoint of what actually will perform good, not what will be good for its audience. Fair. So, like, I was yeah. thinking, like, yeah, this whole backlog, like you said, there are, like, books and toys and all the other stuff, like, Kids 
but Brent's, the reason why I think kids' movies do so well is because, like, they can't go to movies by themselves, but they also really want to see the movies based off of a two-minute trailer. So, like, they have to go with some kind of an adult, So like, and they want to see it multiple times. So, like, all the money probably will be made from this, at least more than it should. That's oh, just yeah. kind of, like, standard with children entertainment. I do hope that, like, they don't go, like, the super adult, like, toxic high school environment route, like you, like you suggested. And also, for those who are probably at home screaming about, like, he doesn't remember the name of that movie, also about Sky High. The movie where like superheroes oh, like yeah. learning how to high school and everything. I was thinking like more of that vibe. That's something I could see happening and working because like to this day, Sky High is still kind of like a pseudo cult classic for like people of our generation. I feel like. And to go back to the Foo Fighters thing, you're right. Like the bar is going to be an at, like an appropriate place where they're not trying to go into like re like innovate film by any means. They're like, hey, we're like we like doing funny things. Like I cannot be a fan of some of Kevin Smith's movies and then judge anyone else for making movies because they want to make a movie. That's just not fair. Like I don't be hypocrite here or anything like that. And also last point, every now and then I go through and watch these Zemiro's content because I like them a lot. And like they remind me a lot of guys who like I grew up with and stuff and seeing them succeed is like really nice and motivating. They actually interviewed Dave Grohl a few weeks ago and they joked that Dave Grohl is like one of the most famous like rock musicians to black people ever. And I'm like, yeah, this is actually like going to have some universal appeal because everyone's going to look at Dave Grohl and go, like, hey, I know that guy. So yeah, you may have a point. All right. So those were my weird things. And I feel like we have gone on at length. So let's take a quick break and then we'll come back with so much more stuff. All right, and we are back with so much more stuff, and we are going to give this enough time to actually like dive into it and all that. But also be aware, this meant to be a half hour show. We're not trying to keep you all here all day, right? And also, we don't want like our editor Jordan to be mad at us. So let's dive on in. As if this week weren't already full of news that we've already gone through, the second annual Disney Plus Day brought us the news of multiple releases from the worlds of Marvel, Star Wars, and general Disney content overall. I'm positive we're going to miss a lot of the new stuff that they announced, so feel free to find out more either on Disney Plus social media accounts where they tweeted and posted all the stuff themselves at your favorite news source, or just wait and see what happens. That's always an option, right? But if you do so, please come back to us after to let us know what you think with our trusty dusty hashtag, TWINN, at Black Nerd Problems Social Media. Now, to try and cover as much information here as possible, Victoria and I are each going to give five projects we're looking forward to out of this behemoth of a list that we got the early this week. So for me, I'm going to go with my first thing is X-Men 97, which is actually a new animated series, so new, from Marvel Studios. It's going to explore stories from the iconic 90s timeline of the original X-Men series that for a lot of people was an introduction to like X-Men, if not superheroes overall, right? Next up, we have Moon Knight. And with that, Oscar Isaac, as we talked about on this show many times, will be starring as a vigilante known as Moon Knight who has dissociative identity disorder, at least in the comics, who knows how the show will adapt it, who gets superpowers from an ancient Egyptian god. And this year's will hit Disney Plus in 2022. We'll give them further details on that later on. Next up, we have Obi-Wan Kenobi. This week, we got concept art that showed Obi-Wan fighting Darth Vader sometime between the prequel trilogy and the original trilogy. Then, like, that's got people feeling some kind of way. But, hey, it'd be cool Star Wars-y stuff. And that series is going to hit Disney Plus in 2022, so next year. Cheaper by the Dozen is going to come out in March 2022. And I just put this one here because I listened to the Scrubs podcast that's hosted by Zach Braff and Donald Faison called Fake Doctors Real Friends. And I remember them talking about the production that's behind the scenes at length. And I just again want to point out to people that, like, this is, like, the third or fourth remake of this property. And this one's going to have Zach Braff as the father and Gabrielle Union as the mother. And none of that makes any kind of sense. I'm just going to watch <laughs> the movie to see how in the world they try and justify this, right? Because, like, that doesn't seem like... 
Yeah. I'm sorry, I won't say too much. And lastly, just general Nat Geo content. Nat Geo, National Geographic is probably the one part of Disney Plus that most people forgot is even a thing, and they want to fix that. So they're coming out with two new shows in either later into this year or next year. The first is Limitless with Chris Hemsworth, which is basically him for like, I think, six episodes, just putting his body to the test as sculpted as it is with him being Thor and everything, and that will be streaming in 2022. And we also have Welcome to Earth, which will be streaming in less than a month, which is Will Smith going around the world doing a whole bunch of outdoorsy things that you would not expect to see Will Smith doing. Like, I think the image for this show showed him doing whitewater rafting. So that's my list of things that I'm just going to keep an eye on for when they come out. Yeah. So I will go backwards through your list, and then I'll give you my list uh, and see what you have to think about that. I am always here for National Geographic content, and I agree. I think people forget that it's owned by Disney, but also Disney owns everything. Um, I was one of those kids. I had binders when I was little of all of the zoo books, like magazines that they would send out to you. Like I was that nerd kid. Oh yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Um, so I'm always here for Nat Geo content. Um, I feel like Chris Hemsworth, Chris Hemsworth makes sense as, you know, as but also just generally as an Australian tourism ambassador. Like, that. this just seems like it fits. Um, And Will Smith, we'll see. We'll see what happens. I'm not sure how I feel about that. We'll see. Could be cool. Um, And I guess we get to see this here, so that's also cool. Uh, Cheaper by the Dozen, not my thing. I agree with you, Zach Braff, and... Gabrielle Union is an interesting choice. So another thing to watch out for, I guess. Uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi. It's going to look beautiful. No idea about story, but it will look gorgeous. Um, Moon Knight. Excited, cautiously optimistic for Moon Knight. Let us remember that mental health issues are real things. And so therefore, we can't treat them the way that we generally do in movies. Whatever that oh, split. Yeah, let's not do let's not do that again, okay? Whoever's working on this, don't don't do that, okay? And then X-Men 97, super excited for this. I agree. This is like the OG, right? So I'm excited yep. for this. Note to Disney, pay someone to compose an all new <laughs> Yes, thank you. I'll make that call back. I'm glad you did. Okay. <laughs> just pay. You've got the money now. Just pay someone to comp- completely from scratch. Just new one. Okay? And it'll be a bop. And it'll be great. All For new. those who don't all know right? what that references to, like, when we first started this podcast, it came out that, like, the theme song that we all love from that series may have been stolen from, like, some random European TV show, like, in the 80s. So yeah. That's that. Yeah. You got, you got mouse money now. It's fine. It's a new one, all right? Okay, so that's how I feel about Keith's list. Here is my list. Ms. Marvel. We haven't really had any new developments, but y'all know that I love Ms. Marvel, and I am so excited that we have more content. I'm still having the same concern that I have about One Piece of, like, a lot of Ms. Marvel's powers are about defying 
physics, so I'm not sure how that's going to translate, but I am really excited about a lot of the casting that they have done because we are going to have actual, actual, like, non-white folks starring in this movie, um, which is really important because the new Miss Marvel is a young um, Muslim Pakistani woman, and so to have that representation I think is going to be amazing. I also really want to see her dog. Lockjaw is the best. Um, other things. Willow. So I love Willow. Um, it's a really great movie if you haven't seen it, starring Warwick Davis. And they're going back and, and doing a new Willow. And so Warwick Davis has kind of done a behind-the-scenes walkthrough and introduced everybody to the new cast. And it looks really sweet and cute, which is why Willow was fun. And it's going to be released in 2022. So I'm down for some wholesome, wizardy, magic content. Um, and also, maybe wholesome content, Tiana is a thing that's happening. So Tiana is the princess from The Princess and the Frog, the first black princess. And supposedly, we are getting a musical series in 2023. So there's not a ton of stuff released about this yet, other than it's happening, uh, and that we get to follow Tiana around once she is married and now is the princess. So now she's the princess, but also, you know, she has these really deep cultural ties to New Orleans, so how that kind of works out for her. Uh, in origin story things, we have Under the Helmet, The Legend of Boba Fett, which is just going to be a special, but it's going to kind of look at the legend of Boba Fett before we get the actual spin-off series, The Book of Boba Fett, which is going to be releasing sometime in the future in the Star Wars universe. And then last, but definitely not least, The Proud Family Louder and Prouder is going to be coming in February 2022, and it's a grown-up version. So it is going to be kind of like if the show never ended, where they would be at now and what they are doing now. Um, and I think that most black folks who are around our age probably have some proud family memories, so I'm excited for that as well. Those are my things. All right, and I will follow your lead and go from the bottom to the top of the list. <laughs> so um, with the Proud Family Louder and Prouder, I'm really excited to see that. I watched the trailer, like, randomly came on my TV, like, when I was streaming something else earlier this week. And, like, it was really fun to, like, see those characters again. Like, it definitely looks newer, for sure. But, like, there's still definitely enough of the S of the O show there where it's going to have all the nostalgia there. Because, like, let's be honest, like, I feel like most of the audience for this is going to people who watch the original show. Like, I think kids who watch Disney now don't even know the Prime Family was a thing. But this was a huge deal for us, y'all. So I'm very excited to see that with, like, all the kids and, like, Sugar Mama and everybody else. Like, that's going to be great. Um, with Under the Helmet, Legend of Boba Fett... I have talked to many people, maybe even on this show, like, I am not... What's the opposite of an apologist? Because that's how I feel about Boba Fett, pretty much. That you, um, just, you just are not a Boba Fett fan? There's no reason for him in your world? I'm reformed that. So, like, once we got to, like, the, like Clone Wars or, like, The Mandalorian and stuff like that, I started caring more about, like... Like Boba Fett, but all the people who fight like him and everything anyway, because like objectively speaking, and I said this on the show before, 
There was nothing special about him besides how cool he looked in the original trilogy, and but fans just latched on to him to the point where they had to justify it with all the extra content. But hey, now we have that content, and he's cool, and like it's all really nice, some fun, some nice and fun stuff to watch. So there's that. Um, with Tiana, like I'm very glad this is happening, but also can we address the elephant in the room? And this movie came out in 2009, and it's taken them like what 14 years? Like it will have taken them 14 years to have like more content come out from that. Like that's ridiculous. But I'm glad we're getting it. With Willow, double confession here. One, I've never seen Willow. And like that should not surprise you because until like a month ago, I had not actually seen the entirety of The Princess Bride. So I have a lot of homework to do before I feel like I could justifiably watch this and appreciate it for what it is. So that's my homework to do with this podcast. And lastly, with Ms. Marvel, I echo all the things that you expressed earlier. Like, I'm very glad that this show is being handled the right way as far as casting goes and what it's going to mean for people. I'm also concerned about like how it's going to look far like adaptation wise because of how the breaking physics of cool stuff goes. But also, I'm not even necessarily concerned about how it's going to go on the first runs. I just feel like it's my, one of those things is going to age poorly because we're going to look back on it five years from now, like oh, like she made her fist big there. Like you can see how weird this is because like technology is rapidly advancing and everything, right? But that's how I feel about everything there on that list. And I will now turn it to you to take us out. Yeah, so we have covered so much, and as Keith said earlier, it's we're barely at the tip of the iceberg, right? So definitely go and check out all of the drops that happened this week, and we have a few more things in our patented but not actually patented lightning round, where we go over some other stuff that kind of stuck out to us but we didn't have time to get to for the week. So I have two... Two weird things and two cool things. So fans are petitioning to keep James Corden out of the new adaptation of Wicked. I am just, I I don't think, I, I feel like there was a little bit of scapegoating going on here, right? In that, yes. Do I think that James Corden should necessarily be a part of Wicked? No. Um, but I also don't think that the reasons behind people not wanting that were like all of his fault. Like Cats was just bad. It wouldn't have mattered if he was in it or not. So that might be a little bit of scapegoating, but there is in fact a petition. So if you feel that way, you can go and sign that petition. (laughs) In other, maybe, maybe cool news. I I could see some cool things coming out of this. Uh, Weta Digital has been sold to Unity, the gaming studio. So if you don't know what it is, the ones who are behind a lot of the CGI and things like Avatar or Lord of the Rings series, what a workshop is Peter Jackson's kind of baby. And so to sell the digital part of that to Unity Gaming, that could be a really cool mashup. So we'll have to see what comes out of that. And then in other gaming news, We just got like, hey, we're doing a new Mass Effect. So I know there are a lot of people out there who are Mass Effect fans who are going to be really excited about that. The poster, which is all that I've seen so far, looked really cool. So hopefully cool new Mass Effects. And then Airborne Kingdom, which is one of my favorite PC games, is being released on Nintendo Switch. And Airborne Kingdom is just absolutely beautiful It is like a city sim, but your city is an airship, and you have to go around in your airship and connect all of 
the kingdoms that have like all of their ties have kind of fallen apart throughout the years and you have to go and reestablish ties while you're building your airship and it's just absolutely gorgeous and so yeah it's coming to nintendo switch and i'm excited about that so that was our lightning round if you'd like to hear our thoughts on these topics or anything else in nerd news feel free to tweet us at black nerd problems with the hashtag twinn that was this week in nerd news tune in next week for more pop culture updates i'm your host victoria Bertine. And I'm your host, Keith Wee Cleveland. Remember to like, comment, and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. Have a good one, guys.